We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Baisley, cash me out. There you go. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast post-game edition, where the Thunder have just finished their five-game West Coast road trip with a win down in the Valley of the Sun against Phoenix. The Thunder come away 102-97. to I'm your host, Jacob Niffin. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You guys should check out Blue Wire. Go to their website, bluewirepods.com, or if you just search Blue Wire in your favorite podcast app, we have tons and tons of awesome NBA pods that you can check out, so make sure you get on that. We are also the official podcast of boomtownhoops.com. Like I said, the Thunder finished their road trip out west, one game against Denver, two against the Clippers, one against Portland, and one against Phoenix. The Thunder go 2-3 and three on the road trip, admittedly better than I thought they would do. I predicted them at 1-4. and four. Uh, They stole one. Uh, really, I thought they, they could win that Portland one, and then they stole this one down in Phoenix. So good game from the Thunder that was kind of crazy as far as the swings go. Like, this game was bipolar. It had some mood swings for sure. The Thunder start off the first quarter down 17-32, to 32, got down by as many as 17 total points, but their second quarter... They outscore Phoenix by 18, 28 to 10. They held Phoenix to 10 points in that second quarter. Absolutely wild before they go into the final two frames where it was very close. The Thunder get outscored by one in the third and outscore Phoenix by three in the fourth. 
At one point, the Thunder were down 17. At one point, they were up 14. At one point, they were down again 5. Just a crazy swinging back and forth game. And some interesting lineups and, and oh, I guess, people being omitted from the lineup. Uh, first on the Phoenix side, no Devin Booker tonight. Uh, he is still recovering from the hamstring injury that he suffered against the Denver Nuggets in their first matchup against Denver. So hopefully Book is okay. I was really looking forward to seeing Booker play tonight. So it sucks we didn't get to see him play, but that's okay. Um, Chris Paul definitely made up for that for the Phoenix Suns. We'll dive into that here in just a moment. For the Thunder, no George Hill again with that sprained thumb. So Teo Maladon for the second night in a row gets the start and plays 30 minutes. He actually got to close the game tonight. Up in Portland, Teo got the start, but Kenrich Williams closed the game tonight. Teo finished the game on the court, so that was pretty cool for the rookie. And Al Horford rejoined the team tonight after a, gosh, a a little over a week absence uh, due to the birth of his daughter. I was kind of surprised Al rejoined the team tonight, considering it was the last road game. The Thunder are flying home uh, probably while I'm recording this podcast. So, like, Al could have just stayed at home in Oklahoma City and joined the team Friday night. Instead, he hops on a plane, flies out to Phoenix to join the team for one game, and then immediately turns around and comes home. So that was a little surprising to me, um, but welcomed. It was definitely welcomed. Uh, Interestingly enough, Isaiah Roby, who had been the starting center, only gets 10 minutes tonight, gets delegated uh, back down to his third-string center role uh, behind Al Horford and uh, one Mike Muscala. So, crazy game tonight. Like I mentioned, Chris Paul really kept Phoenix in this. The Phoenix team did not shoot the ball very well at all. Uh, They ended up, for the night, shooting 38%. They shot 35% from three. That means they missed a lot of twos. A lot of twos, uh, which is not good for them. Jay Crowder, 5 of 16. Mikael Bridges, 3 of 13. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, 2 of 7. They just had a tough time scoring the ball. Give some credit to the Thunder defense. Uh, But Phoenix just struggled to score the ball. But Chris Paul did go for 32 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists in the fourth quarter. Except at the very end. Leading up to the end of the game, Chris Paul looked like the Chris Paul we were used to last year. At the end of the game, though, he missed some of his patented shots. He had a little snake around the lane, mid-range J that rolled out. And then he airballed a three there at the end of the game to to tie it. Uh, Pretty surprising. So typically you see Chris Paul be very clutch and hit those shots. But good night from Chris Paul. It was good to see Chris Paul. It was also good to see Abdul Nader play 19 minutes, scored 12 points and 5 of 9 shooting. Old friend nosedive Nader out there for the Phoenix Suns. So shout out to him. Uh, It was fun to see him play. But yeah, Phoenix was down a lot of their players. Uh, Saric didn't play. Campaign is injured, didn't play. Uh, Devin Booker injured, didn't play. So the Thunder kind of cut a break there. So uh, I I guess you consider that good for OKC. They do get the win. It does not help them in the standings as far as getting a top pick. I know a lot of you guys asked some questions about that in in the Twitter questions. So we will get to those at the end of the episode here. We'll talk about those picks and kind of what to expect moving forward. But I wanted to dive into some of the bright spots of this game. First off, we have to talk about Al Horford coming back and being freaking awesome. 
8 of 12, 5 of 5 from the three-point line. Al goes for 21 points, 11 rebounds, um, and a plus 14 on the night. Al was great. Uh, He was trailing plays, catching that pick-and-pop three. He was getting busy down low, played good defense. Um, He raises the ceiling of this team whenever he's out on the floor. He really does. Uh, he looked great tonight. Maybe it's the week and a half he had off and he got some rest. I don't, although I don't know if you can get rest when you have four kids, including a newborn. But I don't know what it was, but he came out and he looked really, really great tonight. We will see if he can continue that moving forward because Friday night they go up against the Brooklyn Nets and they're going to have their hands full. But a great night from Al. The double-double, very efficient. Also had three steals, <coughs> which was a little surprising. He just looked great in his first game back. So shout out to Al. Now, I also want to shout out Teo Maladone, who I mentioned at the beginning of the pod. Teo got the start again tonight in place of an injured George Hill. He also got to finish the game. Teo played 30 minutes. The starting five, their minute distribution, 30, 31, 30, 30, 31. You don't get much more consistent than that. That's impressive. Uh... Teo tonight, 11 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal. He played really well. He splashed in 3 of 6 threes. His stroke looks nice. His most impressive play of the night was in the 4th quarter. He got a pass off a Shea driving kick, put the ball on the deck, drove past DeAndre Ayton, and finished over the top of him, which was really impressive by Teo for the the 19-year-old to kind of get in there amongst the bigs and, and finish at the rim down the stretch in a close game. Uh, that that was an impressive play by him. So so definitely shout out to Teo. Really, all the starters played well tonight. Darius Baisley, only 4 of 13 from the field, 1 of 8 from 3. Did have 7 rebounds and 10 points. So he, he scored, although not efficiently. He keeps missing shots. But I thought there were moments tonight where he looked good. There were moments tonight where Baisley... Again, it looks like the wheels are turning in his head. It looks like he's got to go through the process. I remember one play specifically, I think in the third quarter, where Baisley caught a pass in the in the corner at the three-point line. And he caught it, and his man was like a step off of him. And instead of just confidently shooting the jumper, he kind of stood there for a second. And then he jab-stepped, stabbed, and then he kind of pump-faked. And it was like he couldn't figure out what he wanted to do. And he was stuck there with the ball and kind of stagnated the offense. It's like he thinks the game too much sometimes, and he doesn't just play off of instinct. And I think that's where they can really unlock Baisley, is just to get him playing off of instinct. So I mentioned a bad thing about Baisley. I'll say something really good about Baisley. There was a play there in the fourth quarter. I think he was guarding Mikhail Bridges. Uh, The action was on the other side of the court. Baisley had slid over into the lane to help on the drive. The ball gets swung to the opposite corner to Mikhail Bridges, who is Baisley's man. Baisley closed out hard. Mikhail Bridges has been a good three-point shooter. Baisley closes out hard, and Mikhail gives him a head fake and tries to drive past him. But when Baisley closed out hard, he didn't run with huge steps and then jump to try to block the shot before before Mikhail jumped. Baisley chopped his feet. He took short, choppy steps. And the reason that is good is because when you take long steps, you cover more ground but your feet are on the ground for a smaller amount of time, which means changing direction is difficult. But when you do the choppy steps, real quick choppy steps, you can react and and switch directions faster. So Baisley closed out with choppy steps, rightfully so, 
Mikhail does not shoot the jumper, but instead tries to drive past Bailey, Baisley, who with the choppy steps was able to recover and move his feet with the drive and not get blown by. It was a very impressive defensive play. It actually reminded me last year, whenever I was at Thunder practice, we talked to Chris Paul. And Chris said they were trying to get Baisley to to understand, and not to really to understand, but to get used to always being the second jumper, right? If you're guarding somebody, never jump first because they'll get you in the pump fake and you'll foul them every time. You wait for them to jump and then you jump to contest the shot. You'd rather be a little bit late on the contest and not foul than be too jump happy. Um, so, so good defense uh, and stretches by Baisley tonight. I thought that play in particular really stood out to me. We got to talk about uh, the GOAT, Lou Dort. Very efficient, 5 of 11 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3, 14 points, uh, no free throws, had a rebound, had an assist, had a block. Really kind of frustrated Chris Paul a little bit, I think. Um, You know he's going to give Chris shit whenever he texts him later tonight because those guys still talk. But, man, Dort's shooting is looking for real. The Thunder are now 17 games into the season, and Lou is still over 40% from 3. I don't know if he's going to finish over 40% from three, but he's still over 40% from three on high volume, right? He's shooting like over five or six a game, very high volume, and he is splashing them home, and and that is great to see. You love to see that. And then we got to end with the guy that's just really separating himself as a possible all-star candidate this season, um, a guy that is a very special player that the Thunder are going to be able to build with and possibly build around for a, for a long time. And that's Shea. Shea ends the night 21 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. Just a hell of a stat line. And I want to dive a little bit into Shea's game and some themes that I think are starting to develop about some of these players. For the first night in like a week now, Shea did not have an efficient game. 6 of 18, only 33% from the field. Only 2 of 7 from 3, that's like, what, uh, 30%, maybe a little bit less. Seven of nine from the free throw line. Not an efficient scoring night from Shea. Um, he missed some easy ones at the rim. It felt like he missed a lot of those threes. Uh, and so so that made it a little bit difficult for him. But the rebounds, you love. Um, the steals, you love. The blocks were very impressive. I thought Shea, tonight was one of the most engaged defensive nights I've seen from Shea in a while. I think he wanted maybe... I don't know this, but part of me thinks he wanted to uh, to really ball out in front of Chris and show him what he had. So maybe that had something to do with it. But Shea's defense was very engaged tonight. He guarded Mikhail Bridges for a lot of the night. Uh, he spent some time on Jay Crowder. And he just looked good. He moved his feet well. He got into passing lanes. Um, he stayed in front of the drive and forced guys to take difficult shots. I was very impressed by Shea. I was more impressed by his defense tonight than his offense, actually which is saying a lot because even though he wasn't efficient, I want to talk about his passing. Man, this kid, I did not know he was going to be this kind of passer. I I hoped, but I didn't dare bet on it. And it's been impressive. Eight assists tonight. If we looked at his potential assists, how many passes led to open shots, we're probably looking close to 20. I mean, he has become so good at driving and in the middle of the lane when the defense collapsed, kicking kicking out to shooters. There was one he had out to Teo for a three where Shea drove in and like 
almost like threw it a step early. He threw it right when you right when you want to throw it, but I think to a lot of people it seems like it's a step early. So he started to drive in from the right hand side of the court with his right hand dribbling, and the defense collapsed, including Teo's man, who uh, Teo was on the left wing. His man dug down. And as soon as that guy started to rotate into the middle, Shea off the dribble, one hand rifle passes it across the lane to Teo. So he caught Teo's defender in mid-rotation, right? If you catch him too late, he can rotate back out. If you catch him too early, he doesn't rotate. Shea caught him like right at the perfect time to exploit that defender rotating over. And it got Teo a wide open three that went in. And then we got to talk about that disgusting behind the back pass there early in the third. Shea started driving down uh, down the lane and then went bounce pass behind the back right-handed to, I believe, Al Horford for a three. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. He has become a really, really good playmaker. He only took 18 shots tonight. The shot distribution, uh, pretty even. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys took over seven shots. That's... That's some pretty democratic basketball. Shea with the most at 18. I think a lot of us thought Shea was going to come in and shoot like 25 times a game this season. It's just not happening because he's using those possessions instead to set his teammates up. And he's rounding out his game and he's playing the right way. He's playing within himself. He's playing the right way. And that really stands out. And I think that's a very, very positive thing moving forward for this team. Uh, That development of Shea becoming a playmaker uh, and playing the right way and not not forcing things is very promising. Speaking of, I wanted to talk about some themes real quick that are kind of developing with some of these players. And we'll start with Shea. I mentioned this tonight on the Uncontested Twitter account. If you don't follow us there, you definitely should. It's at the underscore Uncontested. We live tweet every game. Shea has been, I, I I would have to dig into like basketball reference and look at the stats. I don't have them in front of me. Uh, I may look into it tomorrow and I'll tweet them out at our Twitter account. But Shea has been absolutely killing it in the third quarter. Absolutely killing it in the third quarter. He comes out and he lights everybody's ass up. And it's so much fun to watch. He really gets in a groove in the third quarter. And then at the end of the third, with about one to two minutes left, he goes to the bench And he doesn't come back until there's about six minutes left in the fourth quarter. And it seems like a theme is developing that when he comes back, he struggles. Late in the fourth quarter, he's been struggling, finishing. He's been struggling a little bit with like maybe forcing a little bit too much when he drives into the paint, trying to get his shot off, uh, missing some, some circus layups and some acrobatic layups, missing some jumpers, some step back threes. I hope that's not a trend, but it's starting to look like one where he kills it in the third, but then struggles when the game is on the line. Maybe some of that's some inexperience. Maybe some of that is just him overthinking and forcing a little bit too much in that fourth quarter, which is a little surprising because he's not been forcing it much at all. So I'd like to see that get corrected, but that is starting to develop to be a little bit of a theme. Another theme, we already mentioned it, uh, Lou Dort shooting. The, the three-point shot, I think, is for real. Uh, We're getting to a big enough sample size now that it looks for real. Uh, And another theme is Darius Baisley's inconsistencies, especially offensively. He's been up and down all season, and now it's becoming up and down game to game. I hope he can find a rhythm, uh, but maybe this is who he is, right? I don't know, but you, you hope he can find some consistency. One guy I haven't mentioned yet, and I just want to touch on real quick because I think 
this maybe goes into a larger theme. Uh, it is my dude. Alexej Pokasovetsky. Alexei Pokashevsky tonight plays 22 minutes, has seven points, four rebounds, two assists, a steal, and three blocks. If you watch tonight's game, Oklahoma City versus Phoenix, on January 27th, and you watch Pokashevsky play, and then you go back and you find the first game the Thunder played against Charlotte the day after Christmas on December 26th, one month ago, and you watch Pokashevsky's minutes, it will look like two different guys. The growth like is tangible. You can see it. The game is slowing for him. Defensively, he's been pretty impressive. He moved his feet well tonight. He had some good blocks tonight. He had a driving layup tonight, which I haven't seen from him yet. He hit a three tonight. He has definitely progressed and grown, and that's that's exactly what we wanted. Poku is not good right now, and that is okay. I don't care about him being good. I care about him growing, right? He'll be good when he gets good. That might be next year. might be two years. It might be three years. But what I like to see is that progression in that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Growth. Speaking of... That, that is a theme for the rookies because we're seeing the same thing from Teo. If you watch Teo from game one to Teo game now, he has been a little more consistent than Poku, but you can definitely see Teo getting better, getting more comfortable, the game slowing down, and him kind of finding his groove and his rhythm. Really good stuff by both of the rookies. Uh, are they lighting the world on fire? No. Are they going to win rookie of the year or be on the all-rookie team? No. But we're seeing progression and we're seeing growth because they're getting the experience. And that is exactly what you want. So that's really, really good stuff to see. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff. And it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. So let's get on to some Twitter questions. Uh, I asked, and as always, those of you on Twitter, completely delivered. Uh, You guys are awesome. We love the crap out of you. So again, make sure you follow us on Twitter.com at the underscore uncontested. 
so you can interact with us, send us Twitter questions. I have a freaking list here. So let's dive in. Our guy Sean at CubsFan2033 asks, how is Chris Paul leading a team one and five and under five point games? And man, that was a game for Teo. Yeah, it's kind of opposite of Chris last year. Chris's team is one and five in games decided by five points or less this year. Last year, the Thunder were the best clutch team in the NBA. Um, clutch stats are a little uh, a little misleading, I think. I mean, because they are clutch stats. They come down to one possession, a ball rolling in or rolling out, a ball bouncing one way or the other, right? And so it, it, it hinges on a thread there. So I wouldn't read too much into that, Sean. But yes, Teo did ball out, so that was awesome. Uh, we have from our 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 good fan, Bran XO from at Real Bran XO. Are the Thunder too good to tank, but not good enough to make the playoffs? And where does that leave us for this generational draft, Bran? That's a good point, and we have multiple um, draft questions in here. I they're definitely not good enough to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to flirt with the play-in tournament. I don't think that's going to happen. But these past two games against Portland and against Phoenix, both teams were shorthanded, but both teams have playoff aspirations. The Thunder have won both without George Hill, one without Al Horford. So that's a little surprising. I still think the Thunder are going to end up with a top 10 pick, and maybe they get lucky and hit the lottery. Um, also remember they have a lot of picks that they can trade up as well, but the, the team's goal is to land a top 10 pick. And I think that's going to happen. Um, we mentioned on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that the upcoming schedule for the Thunder would really show us who they were. Uh, I want to revisit that real quick. We said that after the Bulls game, because the, the difficult schedule is coming up. Since then, the Thunder are 2-3, and three, losses to the Nuggets and the Clippers twice, and then wins against the Blazers and the Suns. The upcoming schedule for the Thunder versus the Nets. We can assume that's probably going to be a loss. Rockets, Rockets. Let's say they split that. So from there, they're 1-2, and two, in, in my eyes, 1-2. and two. Then a back-to-back with the Timberwolves. Let's say they split that if Carl Anthony Towns is back. That puts them at... Two and three. All right, two and three. Lakers back to back. They're two and five. Nuggets and Bucks, they're two and seven. Against the Blazers, um, screw it, we'll say three and seven. Bucks again, three and eight. Then you got the Cavs, the Heat, who will probably have Jimmy Butler back. The Spurs, the Hawks, who are playing good. The Nuggets again, the Mavericks, and then the Spurs. And then that's the end of the first half of the season. The Thunder aren't going to win many of those games. Cavs are playing well, but they're not great. That'll be a a competitive game. The rest of those, though, that's difficult. The Thunder could maybe, out of those, how many is that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Out of the next 18 games, I could see the Thunder going 6 and 12, 5 and 13, and that would get them to that tanking spot where they want to be, Brand. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. Uh, from at James T saying eight 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 eight, I started to worry about our own first round, sh- first round pick. Should I be worried? I kind of already touched on that. I wouldn't worry too much. The Thunder are going to get two, maybe three first round picks in this draft. 
Um, they have a couple of second round picks in this draft and they can also trade up. And again, like the Pelicans got Zion when they had the ninth best odds to win the lottery. So there's, you can always move up. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. From at Danny underscore COE underscore biz. What do you think about Shea's struggles at the end of the game? It seems as if he tried to do a bit too much instead of playing like he does the entire game and searching for the best play available. Well, Daniel, I I touched on this earlier in the podcast, so I hope that answered your question for you. But yeah, it seems like Shea is maybe forcing a little bit at the end of the game. He's lighting it up in the third quarter, but then struggling in in the fourth. And hopefully we see that corrected. Uh, And I think we will because Shea is such a good player. Uh, from at Black Dolphin Five, which Thunder rookie slash second year player are you most impressed with in the win tonight? If Dort and Adams got into a fight, who would win? Um, if Dort and Adams got into a fight, uh, they would make. They already did. And they made a movie about it. That's coming out soon. It's called Godzilla vs King Kong. Um, and then, which rookie or second year player impressed me the most tonight? Probably Dort, um, but I thought they all played well. Poku, Teo. Dort. The least impressive was Baisley, but I thought that he had moments. So, um, from at C Green Monkeys asks thoughts on Teo starting at point after Hill is traded. Also, this will leave Hami as the de facto leader of the bench players. Do you think he is comfortable in that role long term? Great question. Um, I do think the coaching staff is showing their hand a little bit here by starting Teo whenever Hill is out, and eventually when Hill is traded. And I think the the coaching staff likes Hami being that sixth man energy guy off the bench. I think Hami is comfortable with that because I get this vibe from Hami, and I don't know if you guys get this as well, that whenever he's in there with the second unit, he he thinks and he feels like he is the best player out there, so he needs to do everything. And I think he kind of likes that. Um, If you put him with the starters, with, uh, with Dort and Shea and Horford and Bays, He's, he's probably the fifth starter there, right? He's probably the fifth best player on the floor there. And so I think he likes anchoring that second unit, and that's okay. And I think the the, the coaching staff likes him doing that. As far as Teo, he's just been really in control, and I've really enjoyed it. He's, uh, you know, about point guard size, 6'3", so it allows Shea to, to guard bigger guys, but then Shea still typically is the de facto point guard as far as handling the ball. So uh, Sea Green Monkeys had a follow-up. In tracking Poku's growth, what averages would you like to see from him by all-star break and then the end of the season? Points, rebounds, assists, blocks. Um, Really, man, I I don't know if I have those types of stats in mind. Um, I just want to be able to look, when we get to May, I want to be able to look back to now and say, he's a different player, right? I'd like to see his percentages come up. That's the big place I'd like to see a jump in the stats. But besides that, besides that, the points, rebounds, assists, blocks don't matter so much to me as seeing the growth and being able to, to look back and say he's gotten better. I don't mean that to be a cop-out, but but that's true. Uh, we got a few more here, guys. Uh, at Captain Corbin, should fans start to shift their focus from having a top five pick? I wouldn't do that quite yet. Again, even if the Thunder don't land a top five pick with their own pick, they're also either getting the Miami pick or the Houston pick. They can package those two picks to trade up. They also have a metric crap load of future draft assets that they can package uh, in a deal this year to move up. I don't think you can trade up to get pick number five or pick number one, sorry, if you don't land it. 
Um, but you could maybe trade to get up into the top five and maybe the Thunder look to do that. Um, to end us off, uh, we have three more questions left from El Chuloco. Chuloco? Chuloco. There we go. What can you say about Pokashevsky's defensive IQ? A lot farther ahead than I thought it was. He has rotated well. He's blocked shots. He's played passing lanes. He's still like heavy-footed. He's slow guarding guys off the dribble, and he, he gets beat a bit. So he needs to work on his foot speed. But the IQ aspect is higher than I thought it was, and that is promising. That is very promising. Our last two come from Chatter OK. What's going on with Ariza? Why is he still taking up a roster spot? I'll trade him for a half-eaten bag of Cool Ranch Doritos at this point. Um, we've mentioned this before. It's a lot like the Andre Iguodala situation with Memphis last year. He's not going to be on the team. He's not going to report. He's probably working out somewhere and waiting for the Thunder to hopefully pull off a trade for him. So for the Thunder, you're looking to get any sort of asset. Even if it's a second-round pick, you'll take it. Um, I don't know if the Thunder will buy him out because what good does buying him out do? If you buy him out, you're paying him his salary. Um, if you keep him, you're paying his salary. So it's the same thing either way. So I think the Thunder want an asset for him. Um, I think some teams are going to wait to see if the Thunder will buy him out. Uh, that way they don't have to trade for him. And I think the Thunder front office is probably telling them we are not buying him out. That will not happen. If you want him, you have to give us something for him. That's just good business. Uh, Chatter OK also asks, uh, Poku was a one-man SWAT team tonight, and now that he has started putting more arch into his threes, he is going to be a problem. It's not really a question, more of a statement. Yeah, his arms are freaking long, dude. I tweeted tonight that Poku is longer than 2020, and 2020 took forever. So I like his his shot blocking and his timing. My man still thinks he's playing Euro ball and is still blocking and, and swatting shots and rebounding uh, shots off the rim and getting goal tens. So hopefully he figures that out and gets that taken care of. Uh, but no, he he's progressed. And, and like I said, that's all we can ask for. Uh, and that's, that's positive moving forward. With that being said, guys, we're going to go ahead and get out of here again. The Thunder finished their five game road trip with a win 102 97 over the Phoenix sun. It was a fun one down in the Valley. We will be back with you again Friday night after Oklahoma City takes on Kevin Durant, James Harden, and the Brooklyn Nets back here in Oklahoma City. So until then, you guys have a great rest of your week. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will be back with you soon. Check out our YouTube page. We are just the Uncontested Podcast on YouTube. You can find our highlight videos and find our weekly Sunday night, 9 p.m. Central Time stream. So come hang out with us on Sunday night. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And we will talk to you guys here in about 48 hours. Until then, and as every night, Thunder Up. As a parent, no two days are ever the same. At Care.com, you can find trusted and flexible sitters to help manage your family's ever-changing schedule. Care.com can even help you out with housekeepers, dog walkers, senior caregivers, and more. So you can find care for all you love. And 100% of caregivers who use Care.com have been background checked with CareCheck, a key first step in hiring confidently. To get the help you need to make it all work, sign up now and find a great sitter at Care.com.